We're going to go to the word of the Lord here this morning. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to the book of Mark, chapter 9, and we're going to start this morning verse 14. Mark chapter 9, and we're going to start verse 14. It's not too often that I, I feel a word from the Lord that I would say I feel is maybe one of the most important messages I've maybe preach to date. Every message is important. Amen. Every message is important. It's not just a word. It's not just a, a sermon. But I pray for God to lead me in what he would have me to bring. But this particular message this morning I don't know how this is going to turn out. It could turn out a little bit different. But I believe that God wants to do a work in this church this morning. And I pray that you will open your heart today and just allow the Holy Ghost to speak to you this morning. Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. Straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. He was possessed with a devil. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, he brought his son to Jesus' disciples, I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, unto Jesus. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. The young man began to convulse and foam at the mouth when he saw Jesus. And Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, if you can believe, 
all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway, the father of the child cried out. The Bible says straightway, it means he just immediately, he didn't give it no thought. And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. I want to read that again. With tears, that man replied to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. The most honest believer in the Bible. The most honest believer in the Bible. I came across this scripture some weeks ago, and I have read this portion of Mark many times. One of the beautiful things about the Word of God is it doesn't really matter how many times you read through your Bible or how many times you read a particular book or scripture. God always has something he can show you out of his word. And I don't really know how long ago it was that I was, I was reading that this just sort of jumped out at me, but it did, and this is a particular topic that God has, has really been dealing with my heart on for uh, at least a few weeks. Amen. It, it's a thought that... Uh, that comes to me at least once and oftentimes multiple times uh, a day. I've had conversations with other people. I even recently posed this question to a few people. I did this at work and I did this to, to some other folks I know. I asked them this question. I said, I said, who do you feel was the most honest believer in Scripture? You can think about all of the characters in your Bible, I asked them this question. I said, who do you believe was probably the most honest believer in Scripture? And, and, and quite honestly, I got good answers from people on that. I think the very first person I asked was, was I think it was at work, and, and I believe uh, after giving it just a, a few seconds of thought, I believe she told me, uh, she said, David. And that's a good answer. If there is one person that we can... Say in, in Scripture, in your Bible, that was probably very transparent with God, I would say that it was, it was David. Had a couple of other people say Paul, and again, that's, that's a good answer. Had one person say Peter, and so on. But I, I posed this question to, to people, and, and, and I got good, well-thought-out answers. But then I went on to ask them this question. I said, what if the most honest believer in your Bible was somebody that didn't have a name? I said, what if the most honest believer in your Bible was somebody we don't know the name of? And that was usually followed by this kind of expression. See, brothers and sisters, it's... It's important to understand why we're here today. It's important to understand why we come to church on Sundays and why we come to church on Tuesdays. 
Because you see, if, 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 if we're not careful, then we lose sight of, of what we're truly here for. If we're not careful, then church becomes a, a routine. Church becomes something that it's just something that we do on Sunday mornings. It's just something that we, that we do on Tuesdays. I'm a part of a church, and, and so that's just part of my daily schedule. It's just part of my routine. Amen. For some folks, it's just a matter of, of I can check this off of, of my religious checklist. You see, there, there's some people, brothers and sisters, that's deceived into thinking that somehow they get brownie points with God for just showing up at church and not doing anything else. But it's important that we don't lose sight of why we come to church. There's a reason that we're here. There's a reason that, that we come in and we sing songs. It's, it's not just because of a church service order. It's not just because that that's what we're supposed to do as a church. It's not because we're trying to, to fit some mold. There's a reason that we lift our hands. There's a reason that we lift our voices. There's a reason that we come in and we pray. Amen. We come into the house of the Lord to be in the presence of God. We come into the house of the Lord to be in the presence of other believers because the objective to coming into the house of the Lord is that God wants to add to your faith. The reason we sing to the Lord is to give Him glory. We sing to the Lord to worship Him. We sing to the Lord to give Him praise. When our praise comes up, His glory comes down. We have to understand that the reason that we come to church isn't because of routine. It's not because of some checklist. But brothers and sisters, I, I admonish you this morning. Every single service you walk through that door, you need to walk in here with joy and you need to walk in here with an understanding that God wants to add to your faith. Amen. I don't get up here and preach just because I have the title of a preacher. I get up here and preach because the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? By the Word of God. The Bible says that God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Hey Amen. God extends grace to us through the preaching of the Word. Hey Amen. God adds to us through the preaching of of the word. The Bible says that we are to move from faith to faith. We have to understand, brothers and sisters, that the faith that you have today will not win the battles of tomorrow. The faith that you are living in, the dimension of faith that you are in right now will not be strong enough to get you through the attacks and the battles that are coming next week. The Bible, the Bible says that we move from faith to faith. And that's why it's so important that we're in church. If you're not sick or, or there's not some other reason for you not to be here, we need to be here. Amen. We need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. We need to hear the teaching of the Word of God. We need to be in His presence. Amen. Why? Because God is looking to add to you every service. God is looking to strengthen your faith. 
Amen. God is looking to reveal things to you. Amen. God knows exactly what you need. Maybe there's some of us here this morning that need faith. Maybe there's some of us here this morning that need the mending of a broken heart. Maybe there's some of us here this morning that need deliverance. Brothers and sisters, there's no shortage of needs. I don't care if there's five or 50 people in this sanctuary. But rest assured, the Holy Ghost knows this morning how to add to everyone. He knows how to minister to everyone. And so I want us to be full of joy when we walk into the house of the Lord. That God has something for me today. And God wants to add something to me today. Amen. And I promise you if you'll come in with that understanding and that mindset. God will not disappoint you. But if you come in here. And you're just like well it's church and I'm here and y'all ought to be happy I just showed up. Then you're going to leave here same way you came and you can expect to struggle next week with the same things except worse that you were struggling with this week and I said all that to say that the purpose of everything we do here is faith the purpose of the church is faith the purpose of the body of Christ amen this is why we come together as a body the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron brothers and sisters no man is an island you can't survive outside of your brothers and sisters I know there's some people in the world today that believe that Jesus and them got their own thing I know that there's a thought in the world today and it's been around for some time it says well I can be a Christian and I can serve God and I can live for God and I don't need to go to church friend if that's you this morning you're deceived because that's not in the book I told somebody here recently, they sent me a message and they said, how do I live for God? I said, that's a big question. I said, but here's where you start. I said, you got to get into a church. You need to be a part of a community because that's what a church is. A church is a body. Amen. You need to be around other people that will pray for you. Other people that will encourage you. Other people that will bring a good word. And you need to be around people that will be a mentor to you and be an example of what it looks like to live a Christian life. So we come in here because God adds to us. Amen. And you can go all through your Bible and you can find people of great faith. You can go through Hebrews chapter 11. That's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I love reading about all of those great people of faith. And, and you can read about those folks, those folks that, that operated by faith. You can read all about those people that, that saw God do mighty signs and wonders by faith. But oftentimes, brothers and sisters, we get a one-track mind. We get tunnel vision about what faith is. And sometimes that's how we see faith. Sometimes that's how we link faith together. Somehow that's the only way uh, that we can think in terms of faith. When we think of faith, we think of faith that does signs and wonders. When we think of faith, we, we think of faith that heals the sick. We think of faith that, that delivers addictions. We think about faith that pulls down 
strongholds. Or, or maybe we think about, about faith that brings salvation. But see, that's where we get messed up sometimes. Is, is we, get on this, this, we get on this single track mind about faith. And when we think about faith, we, we, we attach that to mighty signs and wonders of God. But we often forget. We forget about a major part of our walk with God. And it's a part, Brother Larry, that has to grow right beside faith. And that's trust. You see, we often forget that faith isn't just believing that God can do what we ask. But faith is also trusting God to take care of those things. Listen, that we entrust to Him. Because you see, it's easy. It's easy to pray. It's easy to come through those doors with expectation. It's easy to come in here and, and to worship and to give God praise and to give Him glory. It's easy to shout, brothers and sisters, in the midst of the outpouring of blessings. It's easy to do all of those things when you are in the middle of victories that God is winning for you, when everything seems to be going right. And everything seems to be what we envision a Christian life is supposed to look like. You see, Brother Joel, it's easy to pray and worship and give God glory when God's going by the script. But what about when everything goes off the rails? What about when everything starts going in the direction that you said it's not supposed to? What about when you watch your children who you have raised in a church pew? You watch your babies that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And you watch your babies that you have been to the altar with time and time again. And you have watched them weep in the presence of a holy God. What about when those babies get older and they walk away from God. And they go the way of the world. And down the road you find out that they've become addicted to alcohol or drugs. What about then? Or what about the mighty things that you have witnessed as you have lived for God? What about the mighty miracles and the miraculous things that you've seen? Hey Amen. Maybe you, you are uh, blessed enough here today that, that you have seen instantaneous healings. Hey Amen. I have seen multiple times people instantly healed. And I'm not just talking about they just raised their head up and said they feel better. I have seen lumps and things of that nature disappear on people instantaneously. And you've seen God do those things. Thank you. 
and you've read the Word of God and, and you've read about all of the healings and the deliverances and those things that Jesus has done and you believe that book with every fiber, you believe that word and that book with everything that is within you. Amen. And you have prayed with all of your faith and you have prayed with all of the authority that you have. And the healing doesn't come. What then? Because I've prayed for people that were sick and I've seen God instantly heal them. And I've also prayed for people that were sick and God didn't heal them. So what happens when the healing doesn't come? Or when you prayed fervently for that spouse or that loved one to come to God and to come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. Hey man, what about those loved ones that you have witnessed to? What about those impromptu Bible studies? Hey man, and you've just prayed that God will give them a revelation for the truth and God will draw them to the truth that they can be saved. Hey man, and nothing you say, nothing you post, nothing you've taught them seems to sway them. Or worse yet, what about those loved ones that leave this world and never have the truth? Listen to me, brothers and sisters. People don't go to heaven just because you want them to be there. Matter of fact, nobody goes to heaven just because you want them to be there. Or let me preach to maybe where some of you might be today. What about when you walk through the doors of this church and you don't want to be here? about when you walk through this church and everybody seems to have their act together but you? You walk through the door and you're surrounded by people that are smiling and happy. Christians, right? Because that's how Christians are supposed to be. We're always supposed to be smiling and happy and full of joy and that's, right? And you walk in here and you're surrounded by that and, and, and you do your best to fit in and you put on the smile and you act like everything's okay. But you know in your heart that you're falling apart and everything in your life is in pieces. You're scared to death to go anywhere. You look around and you say, I'm looking at people in here and they're... They're blessed and they're happy and their family has it all together and my life's falling apart. What happens, Sister Marlene, when you find yourself in a depression? And I'm not talking about just you wake up one day and I feel a little down or I felt a, a little down a couple of times. I'm talking about what happens. Well, what happens when you find yourself in a real depression? I'm talking about the kind, hey man, that it takes every bit of strength you can muster to lift your head up off the, up off the, the pillow in the morning. Hey man, when you wake up and you have that feeling of dread, hey man, and you can't find any hope in today and tomorrow isn't looking much better. Hey man, and you try to find things that make you happy and you try to find things that, that, that are going to give you some joy that day and, and every single time you reach for it, it just seems to escape you. What happens when you find yourself in that place? When your pastor preaches against psychotropic drugs, and yet you've come to a place where you feel like that might be the only way I'm going to get any relief. 
Come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost talk to you this morning. What about when you lie awake at night and you can't sleep because you're tormented in your mind? Come on, somebody here this morning knows about the voices I'm talking about. You're tormented in your mind and, and all of that great faith that you had when everything was going right. You, 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 you begin to try to remember. You try to remember that last mountaintop victory you had. Your happiness, your joy seems like a distant memory. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't remember. I don't remember the last victory I had. That's you this morning. Come to this pulpit this morning with a word from God. I've come to tell you that there is a reason that some people will never recover from some of these things. And I've also come to tell somebody this morning that it doesn't have anything to do with your faith. You see, when we find ourselves in these situations, we say, well, I have failed in my faith. No, you haven't. What I'm talking about this morning doesn't have anything. Stop thinking this morning that it has anything to do with your faith failing. It doesn't have anything to do with your faith at all. And amen. But it has everything to do, brothers and sisters, with you trusting God. You see, the reason... That a lot of people will never recover from the things that I mentioned a minute ago. It's because each and every one of us here come before God to pray and we put on a mask. And we pray with a mask on before God. And that leads us to pray the wrong prayers. Everything's falling apart in our lives. We're questioning everything around us. Nothing seems right. We can't capture joy. We can't find hope. And yet when we come before God in prayer, we try to pray with that same authority and those same victories. They're not there. Stop praying like they are. put on this mask and we think we think we're fooling God he says the reason I can't answer this prayer is because you're not praying like you say here's what happens here's the sad part we walk out of our prayer closet or our place of prayer And we never receive the help that we so desperately need. And it's only for one reason. You were too afraid to be transparent with God and ask for help. Let me ask you this morning, is there anybody here? ever went before the Lord when everything was falling apart and you prayed like you had the victory. We walk away from that time of prayer and we don't receive the help that we need. 
And it's all because. All because we haven't trusted God enough to be completely honest with Him. All because we haven't been able to admit to God just how very broken we are and somehow trust Him enough to come before Him. I've come to tell somebody this morning, God can handle your honesty. As a matter of fact, can I tell somebody this morning, not only can God handle your honesty, but your honesty is exactly what God is looking for. In our opening scriptures this morning, in Mark chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus found a father in absolute desperation to save his boy. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that really, truly is in desperation to see their children saved. But here is this man that was in absolute desperation to save his son. And Jesus says to him in verse 23, he said, if you can believe, he said, all things are possible. He said, if you can believe, it's possible. And let me tell you this morning, I believe right now that that young boy would not have been delivered. I believe that his deliverance that day hinged on that father's absolute openness and honesty with God at that moment. I believe that it all banked on his response. And in verse 24, that man did something that you and I here this morning, we don't do often enough. In verse 24, the Bible says that that unnamed man bore himself completely and openly before God, saying, I believe, but help my unbelief. The most honest believer in your Bible, brothers and sisters, was a man without a name. A desperate father. A man, the Bible says, tried everything he knew to try. He sought the prayers, amen, and had everybody pray and every other believer he could muster. He sought the prayers of every single one of them around him that would pray. I believe this was a man that prayed every prayer and used every word he knew how to pray. But you hear me this morning. The miracle deliverance came with an honest answer from a broken man. I thought, I thought as I put these notes together, how often you and I carry a necessary burden because we don't trust God enough to let him bear them. Oh, how often, brothers and sisters, we carry around things that we were not meant to carry. All because we're so wrapped up in faith that we forget about trust. 
And we bear these things that quite honestly are too heavy for you and I to bear. Amen. Because we don't trust God enough to lay them upon him. And yet it was Jesus himself that said in Matthew chapter 11. He said and he extended brothers and sisters. He extended the invitation. He said come. Come to me. Who? All of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find what? He said, he said when you give it to me, that's when you will find rest for your souls. And he goes on to say, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You want to know why you're carrying things right now that are crushing you and why you can't get out from underneath the weight of those things that's crushing you? Hey, man, it's because you haven't come before God broken and given it to him and entrusted him with it so that he could take that off of you. Yet Jesus gave us that invitation to come. Do we understand this morning that in order to do that, it's going to require our absolute honesty with God? And maybe you're sitting here this morning, you say, Pastor, can you really be a Christian and have unbelief? Can you really have days or weeks or maybe even months? Hey man, where you begin to question everything, can you really be a Christian and, and have those kinds of things in your heart? Brothers and sisters, the answer in this book is yes. The devil is a liar this morning. I want to tell somebody today, God is not repelled. God is not turned away from your brokenness in unbelief. But on the contrary, brothers and sisters, when you trust him enough to confess to him like that man did in Mark chapter 9, God is not repelled by your unbelief, but God is actually drawn to it. He say, Pastor, how can that be? That can be because there's nobody that wants him to believe in him more than he does. There's nobody that wants you to believe him more than he does. It's like I said a little bit ago, God can handle your honesty. God can handle your brokenness. Hey man, he's just waiting on you to entrust him to it. Hey man, he's waiting on you to cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He's waiting for you to be honest with him like that man in Mark chapter 9. Hey man, because the deliverance doesn't come until the brokenness is presented. going to be much longer this morning. So I've come to tell somebody this morning. I've come with a word from the Lord. How many believe this is from the Lord this morning? I've come to tell somebody in this church and in this body today, you're broken 
you're struggling here today with your faith and your trust, and it's okay. You're questioning, and it's okay. Maybe you've lost your way. like the unnamed believer in Mark chapter 9, the deliverance you're looking for is still to hold you. The deliverance that you're looking for this morning will only come when you'll trust that Jesus loves you enough to be honest. Maybe some of you have dealt with depression or anxiety. Maybe some of you have been overcome with fear. Maybe you've been praying and you're not getting answers and you're struggling with your faith. I don't know what it is this morning, but I've come to tell you that God is speaking this morning. And God is telling somebody it's okay just to be honest with me. Just be broken when you're broken. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm closing if the music will come. scene in Mark chapter 9 was one of a man that was all out of both answers and out of options. I wonder how many this morning have ever felt like I am all out of answers and I am all out of options. But can I tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, that true desperation will always lead to revelation. And I'm not talking about revelation as in seeing the future. What I, what I mean is that it's often in our most desperate times that God reveals things to us. It's in those times that God chooses to reveal things to us about Him. And maybe more importantly, Sister Wilma, God chooses those times to reveal things to us about us. Desperation. True desperation. That'll cause you to truly bear your heart before God. In the midst of true desperation, you hear me this morning, it won't matter who's here and who's not. It won't matter who goes to the altar and who doesn't. It won't matter who's watching and who isn't. It won't matter who's listening to you and who's not. Do you think that man that day in Mark chapter 9, do you think he cared about the opinions of anybody that was standing around watching him? No, he was a man that was desperate to see his son saved. And he was all out of options. Amen. He had nothing left but to come before Jesus. Amen. And be honest and open and broken before him. The Bible tells us that right after that happened, Jesus delivered that boy. Let me ask you this question this morning. What are you willing to let get in between you and your peace? What are you willing to let get in between you and that deliverance 
Amen. That rest that you've been wanting. Amen. That deliverance maybe from anxiety or that deliverance maybe from depression. Maybe some of you here this morning, you've been feeling guilty because you've been questioning things. You've been feeling guilty because you know you haven't been living for God the way that you should. But I've come to tell somebody this morning, it's okay. God knows. And he's ready to take care of you. honest like that man in Mark 9 and say, Lord, I don't understand the things that are happening. I pray it seems like things get worse. I pray and it seems like I'm not getting any answers. Finding it hard I do believe is dealing with your heart, don't leave this service without coming to this altar and praying. Would you just come this morning and have an honest conversation with God here today? Whatever it is you've been dealing with, I wonder if there's anybody desperate enough this morning. Anybody desperate enough to bear their heart before God and say, God, I believe. I'm really going through some things right now. I believe. But I'm suffering. I believe. But I'm questioning. I'm not like everybody else. I don't have my act together. seem to find the right way to go. I believe. <laughs> oh, God would help. I believe. But help. Help my unbelief.
altars open this morning would you just bear your heart before God here today as he now is the day now is the day maybe for your deliverance now is the day maybe God
honest and we can be broken. Pray for deliverance. Pray for whatever the need is here today. The Holy Ghost is here to do that work today. The Holy Ghost is here to deliver minds from depression and anxiety and fear and hopelessness. In the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Some people that never recover some of these things. And honestly, I, I didn't even really scratch the surface. There's 
with all kinds of things that people are dealing with. I just And the reason that a lot of people never recover from these things because we're just not open and honest enough with God to allow Him to deliver our minds, to allow Him to deliver our spirits. We don't trust Him enough to be broken. We don't trust Him enough to say that we're struggling okay, I've come, I've come in the Holy Ghost this morning to tell you, it's okay to be honest with God. It's okay when you're questioning to tell Him that you're questioning. It's okay when you're weak to tell Him you're weak. It's okay when you're struggling to tell Him you're struggling. It's okay when you fail. Come to Him just like that man in Mark chapter 9. Your deliverance will hinge on your ability to be open and honest with God. God does not expect you to come every time into your place of prayer with listen Every time you go to prayer, you ain't going to be pulling down strongholds. God doesn't expect that every time you come to prayer, that's what's going to happen. transparent with you and then I'm going to dismiss this service. As I stand in this pulpit this morning, I can tell you, I don't know that maybe since the first year I started living for God. I don't know that I personally have suffered spiritual attacks that I have suffered this I don't know that I have fought as intense battles in my mind and in my spirit. I don't know that I have fought battles to that level and that intensity since maybe the very first year I started living with God. I, my wife will testify. I go to bed, my head hits the pillow. I'm gone. Done. I'm not one of those people that toss and turn. I hit that comfort spot, it's all over. But I think I can count on both hands 
resisting rebuking praying God who gave me this word showed me stand here this morning. We need each other. We need the prayers of one another. Let's pray this morning. Let's thank the Lord and give Him glory for what He's done here today. Let's pray today and thank Him. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank You today. Lord, you have done a mighty work, God, and your spirit has spoke to our hearts here today, God. I, I believe that you've done a mighty work in this house. I believe that, that lives have been touched, that minds have been touched. I, I believe, God, that revelation has come forth, Lord, that you have strengthened the body. I believe, God, that there has been deliverance and healing in this place, Lord. God, that you have spoken here today, and I, I pray, God, over every soul in this house, God, and those that would hear this message, God, that they would take this word, and that this word would add to them, God, this word would bring deliverance for them, God. Lord, your word never returns unto you void, but it always accomplishes that which it sets out to do. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your word, for the anointing in this place the mighty acts and power, Lord, of your hands. Lord Jesus, yours is the glory. Father, I pray for this church. Let us take this word with us. In this coming week, God, I pray, Lord, let us lean upon this word. And I pray, help us, God, as the body of Christ. I pray, Lord, help every believer in this house learn to come before you more broken and more open and more honest than we ever have. Help us to pray the prayers for these places. Lord, that you can have your way in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you today, Almighty God. We ask it in Jesus.